He was a Buddhist monk in Korean Zen for 20 years, 10 years in Korea and 10 years in Boston area and stuff. And he's a, he's a Zen sword master. That's what he is. He was in a martial art temple. And so he learned sword. So he, was, he called me up this morning. He was talking to me about in Buddhism how they, they look at mind is that it has three qualities. Yeah? The one quality in its essence is that it's empty. In other words, it's empty of anything at all. And its its nature is to reflect. It's reflective, sort of like a mirror. So the mirror is reflecting. And then its its energy, its its manifestation is energy. So here's we're seeing this is a reflection. This is being reflected in the mirror. This, yeah. Mind is holding all of this. Or if you ever read Douglas Harding, uh, having no head, ever heard yeah. of him? Yeah. So Douglas Harding, I mean, hopefully he's not around to dispute what I say. So I'll <laughs> I'll use what I think it means. So his idea is that there's no head, and you're the space for everything to appear in, which would be like the surface or the space of a mirror. Yeah. So you're reflecting. That's what mind does. So we're reflecting, and this is being reflected. But what happens is the mind seems seemingly can only appear to be so in time, seemingly forgets that and becomes identified with one of the objects that's being reflected. Yeah, this. And so now this what this outside is trying to look back at the surface. Yeah? And what does it see reflected in the surface is you as a body. This is like a loop of self-importance, yeah? So, our, our, our sense of reference or our sense of, of location has been shifted to one of the objects that's appearing in the mirror. And now the object thinks it's separate and it's looking back at itself. That's the loop of self-importance. That's the illness, the mental illness. So, the interest and attention that goes out all day, comes back, and instead of going right through this mirror into infinity, and then coming back to go out again, bringing some of that infinity, some of that lightness, some of that peace and clarity from there, it gets, it gets thwarted. It gets stopped by this little happy face, this little, I'm that, I am the qualities of the mind, but as a body, which is insane, yeah? So then the self of importance, the interest and attention hits this, and then thinks it's home, and then goes back out. And so, instead of living like this, you know, finitely paying an interest and attention, having experiences, and then infinitely going in there, yeah, and then back out, and then in there, almost like an inhale, exhale, yeah? It's the breath, that, that cosmic breath has been interrupted and made short, so it's out, and then you're looking for a big inhale, but all you do is inhale yourself as a body, which is a very short, you're not going anywhere deep, yeah? And then you're out again. And all day, it's this loop of self-importance. So I see a tons of things, but there was, there's an idea that there's only one me that's seeing it all as an object, yeah? Or I hear tons of notes, tons of sounds, but there's a sense that it's only one hearing all those sounds. When what's hearing sounds could never be heard, yeah, could never be seen. What's seen 
can never be seen, what's hearing can never be heard, and this can be heard. Yeah? You can see this. This is an object, in a sense, in mind, not the subject. So, here it goes. There's the intention, interest. And now, it doesn't, if it stops here, and then there's a question asked, like Ramana Maharshi would use the self-inquiry, who am I? Who, am, who is this reflection, let's say? Yeah? If you question it, what happens is, its holograph gets weakened, and you move right through it. And then your interested attention brings out information or downloads, and those downloads allow you to find out what you can never know, what you can never feel, what you can never taste, what you can never touch as an object, because it's not an object. See, you've subjectified an object, and now you're objectifying what's purely subject. You think you want to know the truth as if it's an object to you. Or you're going to get enlightenment as if it's a thing that's going to make it easier for you as a thing. That's all off. It's all off. So here it goes. And now there's that little hiccup, and then it goes. Once it goes in there, it's like that unspoken yes. It's like that aha. It's like the last answer. It doesn't take time to download an emphatic convincing because you've, you've, you've sensed what home is. And home is not a place you land or you move into or build a house on. Home is in the I don't know. Home, the true security is in that insecurity. The true, the, 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 the true convincing comes from the uncertainty of everything. Not from being certain about shit here. That's not convincing at all. You can be so convinced and yet circumstance situations will blow you off your position. But the certainty from uncertainty never gets moved. Yeah? So now you found what's truly reliable, but it was never cast as a thing. It's no thing. Yeah? Then something occurs, all the comings and goings, all the things. Now you get the sense of presence of being the mirror reflecting everything, instead of being one of the things that are reflecting, calling itself the mirror. Yeah? Where only what happens when it reflects on itself, it's called self-obsession. When, when mind reflects on itself, it's enlightenment, in a sense. Yes? Awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's the same saying, but it's different. Based on what it's reflect, what it's what it's landing on, what it's landing on, what it's taking itself to be. So you get to know what you are by finding out or by realizing what you're not. You'll never get to know what you are from what you're not. You're not going to know what you are from a false identification. You just see the false identification. As soon as you see it, because you're dreaming and all the. The, the chains that that was imposing fall off, yes? And now blue is blue and red is red. It's very obvious, it's very clear that the reason why you weren't seeing is because you were looking for it in a certain way. And you can't be, you're never going to find it by looking for it because you're looking from it. Yeah? It's like the eye, they always use that example, the eye can never turn around and see itself. Yeah? But all the seeing is moving through the eye. But the eye can never turn around and see itself. Yeah? So, 
if you see what's seeing can't be seen, what's hearing can't be heard, what's feeling can't be felt, what's tasting can't be tasted, what's smelling can't be smelled. Yeah, It's not an experience. This isn't about having another experience of the truth. People have tons of them, and it doesn't mean a damn thing when all said and done. It's just an experience that's defined by the nature of experience. It comes and goes, and it's very volatile. Yeah, this is—it's not a state, but to use it as as a comparison to an experience, it's more like a state where there is something that's always, always so that never never was not so and then became so, only to not become so again. It's always been so. There's no time in it whatsoever. Time is appearing in it, but it is not of time. It's not in any process to complete itself. It's complete in and of itself right now. Yeah, That's what our nature is. And it's very difficult when we want to take this, this hugeness, and stuff it in a body and start living the life as the center of the universe, but as the center of the universe, which we are, but as a body. Or the only thing that's worthy to be thought about, and that is, yet we'll think about us as a body. So the mental state will mimic what we truly are in a very bastard, mutated mental way. So we're totally obsessed with self-obsessed. It's like all day, the, the people doing the selfing, they're doing it, they're, they're the perfect pictorial of what's actually happening. They're taking a picture from their identification at what, as what they are. It's like self can never get out of self. All they do, they're, they're looking, and yet they're looking at self all day, going over everything that was said and done. And going, it's just unbelievable. And we want some freaking relief, and who wouldn't? You've got a, like a marathon running up in like a two-by-two two closet. It's just running over the same old, same old. There is a solution. The solution is, is there is no problem. Yeah? If you're in the problem, there's a huge need for a solution. When the solution dawns on you, one of the first things it, note, it, it, it downloads to you is there is no problem. It's imaginary. It's a mental activity. It is a mental activity. I like the term selfie. That's it. Yeah? Without your interest and attention, it can't produce a damn thing. With your interest and attention, it can produce a whole freaking world, a hell, a heaven, everything. Yeah? Because you and I, as what we are, are the reality. And we're lending our reality, or reality to things, through identification as a thing. There's an old Zen thing, Faith Mind. You ever hear of Faith Mind? It's a great Zen treatise, supposedly by the third patriarch, but who the hell knows. You know? But it says a beautiful statement. You can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. See, this is the dilemma. You can't use the self to get out of self. That would be being in self. Yeah? And while you're doing that, maybe all day, you won't notice it because you're identified as a self. So you'll never see 
what you are or what you're not by being identified with it. Yeah. You're going to be, it's the initial confusion that duplicates itself over and over and over again in time and space. So self trying to get out of self or like a great master, a Zen master from the Chan uh, area, from China, said, Huang Po, his name was, he says, you can't use mind, big M mind, to seek mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. See, this is one of the main pitfalls we all run into. We don't realize that our authentic self isn't authentic. It's a, it's a facade. It's like a mental imaging that's constantly being reinforced by the thought system. Yeah? We believe that somehow we're real, and we are, but not as we think. And so that gets established as a reference point. And then we never turn around and look at that. We just look from it all day. And of course, then we believe, hey, I need to find something to sort of make it better for this. Yeah? Instead of realizing that what you truly are is what you're looking for, you start looking for it as what you're not, which sets you off on a what? On a journey. And the journey, in some sense, it can be used by mind to hide the most obvious thing, which is what you are. So, and yet, the banner on the train you're on will be seeking the truth, going to heaven, going to awakening. And maybe, a lot, you know, as you go by, people will clap certain groups. Oh, yes, yeah. oh, he's meditating a lot, this and that. But it's not, you're not going, it's not delivering you to the destination. The one who's sitting on the train is where it wants to arrive at. The train is causing it to seem not to be so. And especially if it's gilded and it's got scriptures written on it, the more noble you think it is, the, best, the, the better job it can do of fooling you. Yeah. To the point where you'll think it's going to take lifetimes of purification for you to get ready to hear the truth when you're hearing the truth all fucking day. You just don't understand it. It's not, it doesn't sound like you think it should sound like. You take one step, it's as, as if it's a thousand miles. It doesn't need, it doesn't need, all it needs is the little, the, the smallest amount of space and time to fool itself. Yeah? Once it says, I, I'm, I'm not there, then all of not there starts appearing. Your, your ability to dream just manifests it. Now you're in that, it's like when we were talking the other day about uh, when you were a kid, they had those games, the adults would hide some egg in the bushes, and they, it was called hot and cold, and you're supposed to be looking for the egg, and then some sadistic adult would be going, you're getting closer. <laughs> if just one more retreat, you'll find it. It's in there somewhere. I, I know where I put it. It's there. And you're like, all right. And then suddenly, oh, you're cold. And you go, and of course, because self-centeredness is the dominant Modality, you start blaming yourself. What did I do? I must have done something to sort of exile me from heaven. It's a total obsession with self. You don't have the power to do a damn thing. And yet you believe that you can separate yourself from God, or whatever you want to call it. It's insanity. 
It's like incredible self-arrogance. It's like those movies where Nicolas Cage wants to decide, he wants to give up his angelness to make it with uh, Meg Ryan. Who the f- what celestial being would ever fucking do that? Would, what, would, what celestial being would be sitting on the eternal swing going, oh, I think I want to go down there. He would probably see in three years he's going to be divorced from Meg Ryan. You know, such shit's going to happen. But no, oh yes, take my wings. I want to, I want to be like, oh, give me a freaking break. But when someone dies in the movie, the person's hanging over them. You can't do this to me. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry my death is fucking up your plan. You know, you, we were supposed to go out tonight. Oh, see, the self-importance is so thick, we don't even notice it anymore. So let's say the camera location's here, but it's actually not here. It's over here. Yeah? So I remember when I was, you know, used to have realizations. And all the realizations were very tame because they would always happen like this. Yeah? They'd always be, this would be established as me, and then I'd have realizations. Then I heard this message, and the thing moved. So it went like this. Hey, I'm not that. And it went, whoop! And then suddenly I saw myself from behind the camera. <laughs> and the gig was up. Because <laughs> I saw this is appearing in front of the camera. How could this, now that I've seen it, ever be behind the camera? And yet there's something behind the camera. How about it's you? <laughs> no, it can't be. I'm this. All right, you want to go with this one? Great. Then you're going to try to turn around and see what's looking, and the whole scene's going to move because you're it. So now, you know, every time you try to get a good glimpse of yourself, you'll never get it. Yeah, Because all there is is seeing. Nothing is behind it. Nothing is seeing the scene. Nothing. There's no thing seeing, seeing. There's just seeing. Yeah? All this always appears in front of the camera. It assumes that it's behind the camera, but that's a lie. It takes a time for it to produce that lie. So here's the process of selfing. It's in time. The head uses thoughts to imply or insinuate or assume that you're, you're that. Yes? And then it produces it in time, and when it comes off the conveyor belt, the feeling it has is that it's prior to everything. It's made up. It has a historical feeling that it was before anything happened to me. Yeah? In other words, I have been here all the while, when you weren't all the while. First there is mind reflecting, then conscious contact occurs, Action, you know, manifestation, the energy of mind, yeah? Experiences occur, and in that, a mental process produces a feeling of being a someone, and that someone, the feeling that gets produced in it is that it's prior to everything. That I am the alpha and the omega. I am square zero on this game board, and it's not right. It's not correct. And if you look at a game from square three, it can look totally different than if you see it from square zero.
And the funny thing is, you're on square three seemingly, then you have an earth-shattering mind opening on square 23, what happens? It's revealed that you're on square zero. Then you go on and on, square 40, 48, another awakening, you're on square zero. 63, another awakening, square zero, you've got to get it. There's only square zero. All the other squares are appearing in square zero. It isn't like you woke up on a real square 53 and were suddenly catapulted into square zero. The, the, the illusory quality of 53 was seen through, and square zero was the only thing that's ever been so. So when the mental state moves and thinks it's getting closer and farther away, you see it as what's just happening, but it's not happening to you. You can't move close and far. Everywhere can't be anywhere but everywhere. There's no special somewhere it can exclude itself from what it is. Yeah? Things become clear. The debating society is over. You rest in the reality of what you are. And then you live seemingly as what you're not. And the amazing thing is, a little knowledge of this lends itself to produce a traveling lighter here as an action figure. And I'll tell you, the greatest goal of all time, in time, as an action figure, life, would be the travel lighter every second of every day. It would add up to all the fucking big lottery wins of all times. Because you would just, the possibility of being heavy has been subdued, and now you're in a habit of traveling lighter. Yes, 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 yes. The more traveling lighter, the more familiar what's, what you can never know becomes. The intimation gets stronger, you sense the presence, and then it starts dawning on you more and more and more. I am that. I am not trying to get myself in a position to know that. I am that, knowing everything like this. And then all of my considerations that would exile me from that, or all my unworthiness because I haven't done enough, becomes totally insane. I mean, you wouldn't buy it. It doesn't matter if it's wrapped in gilt, golden paper, you know, gold flake. You don't buy it because you realize all there is is that, and everything else is coming and going, and when it's done, it's like it never happened because it never did happen. We're dreaming. We're dreaming. We're dreaming. Repeat this message. It's repeatable. Repetition's helpful. It's not a thesis. It's not 500 pages of dissertation. It's a simple message. You can repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Maybe it'll take the 30th time. Maybe it'll take the first time. Maybe it'll be no time at all. Who knows? Maybe you'll have the belief that you really forgot it. Then you'll come in and then you'll remember it again. It's all a giant pantomime we're playing. Yeah? Rest there. It will give you immunity to the, to the pulling, the low and high tide, the currents of time that mind's playing with.
where for some of us, yesterday and tomorrow is the most dominant influence of what we call today. What a heist. That every day is auctioned off to yesterday and tomorrow, to have yesterday and tomorrow. And then we'll be there hoping to have time with someone when we're having time with them right then and there, and yet we can't embrace the time we're having with them because I know I won't be seeing them this month. But you're seeing us now, you know? Don't you see? Pledge allegiance to the obvious, and you'll have an immunity to what's not happening. If you keep pledging allegiance and getting other people to co-sign it, yes, you'll win out. You will be displaced into time, seemingly. And then you'll be hoping to have more time while you're actually having time with that which you're hoping to have more time with. Yeah, it'll become obvious to you, and then you'll just snap out of it, and you'll go, all right, this is the meal I want to enjoy. I don't want this meal to be ruined by thinking I'm not going to have another meal like this, ever. <laughs> Whatever, it's an insane idea that could capture my attention. No, this is very nice right now. Yeah. This won't be, a, it won't be an effort. It will be the obvious condition. You will have a clear distinction between what's not happening and what's happening. Because without you, neither of them are going to have any influence. Yeah. What's not happening can have a total influence on you because you're into it. You can't produce one crop from a, 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 an imaginary field, but mind believing it can make it seem to be so. When you were a kid, you'd run into a room. Maybe you had your diaper on and big duty in there. You, there was no self, you know, because you just ran in. What happened? And then five on, every time you walk into a room now, thoughts abide. You just, thoughts about who is it, what, how do I, you know, on, what happened? We grew into some certain state. And now we're trying to go out of it, but the state itself has an incredible strategy to defeat any escape because it's an imaginary place. It thrives on escape. It wants you to try to get out of it. That's, what, that's how it feels real, is by what's real, trying to get out of it. When you give up, when you let it go, let it be just as it wants to be, it will reveal its nature, which is not so. But if you're trying to make it not so, it'll be as so as so can be. If you're trying to get into the moment, you know what has the greatest influence? The insane idea you could be out of the moment. That's actually the more powerful condition, is you believe you're out of the moment. All your efforts to get into the moment will always be bookended by you could blow it, and you'll be out of the moment again. Yes? The specter of being out of the moment will reign over every moment you're trying to get into. When you realize you cannot be out of a moment, you have the experience of being every moment. Because there's no escape. You're not making effort to get more into it. You realize, I cannot possibly be out of it. It's impossible that I could be out of a moment. Don't you see the negative way works? Buddhism, the triple negation, like this great master said, uh, Wei Wu Wei, he used to always go into the triple negation of Buddhism, where Buddha would say, you neither exist nor non-exist or something, or neither of them either. You know? So we just negate, negate, negate. So you're left with what? What you are. Yeah. They went with the negating route. 
They didn't affirm. Have you ever read anything where they're talking about God is love in Buddhism? There's no God. They're trying to negate, negate, negate. So you're left with the, the essence of mind, which is empty, yes? And then you see its nature, which is reflective. And then you see manifestation is mind in an energy form. And that energy can't be created nor destroyed, just as mind can't be created nor destroyed. Because it's of mind, yeah? What do they mean by empty in Buddhism? It's empty of being an independent thing. There's nothing that has a quality other than the quality you're giving it through dreaming. Is this going to change anything? No, but it will lead you to not to be free from the need to change anything. That's where the real liberation is. The liberation is from the need to be liberated. That's what you get liberated from. You get liberated from the drive that be in the moment is by realizing you can't be out of the moment. There takes no effort to try to not get out of the moment. There's none. There's no effort at all. It doesn't take any time to leave an imaginary place. Not one second. See, they're affirming the message. They don't even know it. <laughs> Who could have done this? You couldn't even set this up. If you wanted to have an incredibly interesting presentation, you, who would have come up with this? Yet it's come up. Something comes up with it. It's, a, it's awesome. Man. Now we have like talk, talking tongues in two rooms and one over there too. It's like a stereo going on. <laughs> it's great. I mean, you have to... There's no choreographer, but the choreography is great. It's just something to tip your hat to all the time. The vignettes and the magic that can occur without any trying, you know, just have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. They're already equipped. It's just if your eyes uh, have been formulated into a way of looking called self-centeredness, you're not going to see. Yeah? And if the ears are constructed as you're the hearer, you're not going to really hear the original note, so to speak. You won't sense the silence that every sound comes out of. Or you won't sense the presence or the space of a room when you're sitting in it. It's the biggest influence of this whole event is what's not here. So, any questions tonight? I'm not going to beat the dead horse. I'm not. <laughs> Even if you've driven a long way, I'm not going into it. All it takes is a little bit of a hit. You do all the rest. The mind does all the rest. The message is not the message until the mind gets, receives it. Yes? The mind is the message. I was just reading an old Buddhist thing I was going to give to my friend. What the Buddha taught. And all he's going off on is the same thing about Buddhas talking about there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity, no self. It's been presented so many times. Oh, here it is. What we call a being or an individual or I 
according to Buddhist philosophy, is only a combination of ever-changing physical and mental forces or energies. So everything is verbing. There's no noun to be found. The selfing just is a verb that's going on that implies a noun. So an imaginary noun appears when you're listening with great devotion to the selfing. Yeah? If you listen to the thoughts in a certain way as yours or about you, those thoughts are going to imply that you're the thinker. They're going to be used to imply that you're the thinker. And the mind's going to project an idea of who you are, and the easy one is the body, and that's what it does. The selfing doesn't produce a self. All it does is imply a self. It insinuates there's a self. It cannot make one. It can't create one, for sure. But the mind, believing the thoughts, can make one. It can make a sense of self. You'll never see it, but you'll feel like the doer when an action occurs. You'll feel like you're the seer. You'll feel like you're the thinker. You'll feel like you're the haver. You'll you'll feel all these things, but those are produced. Those feelings are contrived. Yeah? They're contrived. So the selfing uses what it comes in contact with. So let's say it it takes thoughts, and it sees thoughts as I'm the thinker of them or about me. So now the thoughts are preceded by this feeling of my all the time. And you start, and the my distributes meaning to the thoughts, and then you believe the thoughts are a real, solid, meaning thing, and that's the ignorance, that's the delusion. So now you don't realize the meaning that the thought seems to have has been projected into it through the my. You're identified as the thinker, therefore those thoughts have more weight than they did before. Yes? You can see it. Like if I'm sitting here and Deb's flipping out about what's not happening, it has no effect on me. Yes, I feel sad for it stuff, you know, that. But it doesn't, I don't buy it. But I can have the same thoughts, and if they were held in this format, they were mine, they could have an effect like they were having there. So it's not the thought, it's the mind. Yeah? It's not the feeling, it's the feeler. That's where the bondage lies. That's where it gets distributed. It's, it uses thoughts to facilitate a bondage to this idea of being a self. It uses feelings to facilitate a bondage to this idea of being the feeler. How does it use it? Well, in the English language, it's represented by the word mind. See, it's simple. Here's a bottle. I'll change, I'll change, I'll give this a different meaning when it's my bottle. What is it now being used for? To point to the owner. Yes? Bottle's a bottle. Everyone sees it. Then one of us goes, my bottle. It's now a pointer. Thought, thought, my thought is a pointer. Feeling, feeling, my feeling is a pointer. Seeing, seeing, my seeing is a pointer. Time, time, my time is a pointer. (coughs) It's using everything it comes in contact with to facilitate the bondage of mind to this idea of being a body. If it's feelings, it's feelings. Thoughts, thoughts. You know? This and that. But my feelings, my it's like difference between life is happening and life's happening to me. It's hugely different. Hugely different. If you were seeing life as happening, it would be much more open, much more expansive way to live than when it's happening to you, which is very conducive to incredible contraction. Self going in on itself. What did I do? What did they do? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
This is not natural. It's it's been a, it's an act that's being used to pull life into what's happening to me. Yeah. If you see it, maybe you won't. You'll stop doing it. It's mine. It's what's happening with me. It just lost interest in the production of a self because it got the bottom line. It's not me. Once the mind woke up to it, is it me? It lost interest in what was facilitating it being me all day. Therefore, the bondage couldn't be bound. I couldn't be bound by it because all of it was weakened because of my lack of interest and my lack of attention to it. I could care less half the time. Where before, now I see the thoughts and they're just comedy material for me. Where before, they were taken so fucking ponderously seriously Oh, it was unbelievably heavy just to be Paul <laughs> for an hour. Because I needed a break from Paul. <laughs> shoot up and he shoot in the neck just to get some fucking relief. <laughs> it's all about your interest. You're interested in you, there's the bondage of self. If you lose interest in the self, you'll gain interest in others, you'll open up to life, your interest in attention will be freed from that preoccupation based totally on time and thing, and now may enrich your day instead of enslave you in the day. It's the same energy, it's just how it's going to be held, yeah? Yeah. That's why we do this way. I like to explain what we're not, because it's helpful. It's been helpful to me, and it's been helpful to people who've been seeing me for years. They, it, it may take a while, but they get it, and when they get it, they start traveling lighter. Yeah? And it's, uh, I have total faith in mind. I just think it needs to hear a possibility, and then maybe learn how to entertain it, or see how it entertains things, in, a, in not a wrong way, but in an ignorant manner. Because if it's you entertaining the message, that ain't the message. It's actually the message is entertaining a you. And it can very it very quickly lose interest in that if it says, oh, fuck, I've had enough. And then, therefore, you're freed from that bondage because the bondage was always based on you. Yeah. Let's see. Trudging the road of happy destiny. Traveling life. Maybe for some it took a little longer. <laughs> so any questions? I'll take one question each from Seattle. Seattle? Yes. They know. They know better to ask. <laughs> See, look at them. They've been taught so well. I'm dying to say something, but I know what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> and what have, have you ever felt a lack because your question wasn't answered? No. no. The questions are just sometimes they're alright, but in most when I used to go to talks, they would turn into therapy so fast and usually beat the person who was leading the talk. You know, they'd be right in it. You know, they just got sucked right into it. And, it would all become like relationship therapy. And it's just it's the message of non-duality, which means not to, and all we talked about is two-ness <laughs> with someone and someone else. It's insane. 
<laughs> I mean, therapy's fine if that's what's on the marquee, but it's, I, I, something impressed upon me, and we haven't changed in years, you know. This is just the way. You just put it out there and see what happens. All right, that's it. I'll pass the hat. Yes. And if anyone wants a book, they're like fifteen dollars. I sign them. They're sixteen dollars. Centered? Yeah, like easier to see the uh, 